This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode 35 in which we're going to go over the December financials. I am Craig with me, well, sort of with me, is Chris. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, just uh, still still a little bit white knuckles haven't completely gone away, but uh, I'm doing okay. All right, well, good. white knuckled, why is that? Oh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. I've, I've had some pretty good um, winter driving experiences in the last couple of weeks. Ah, okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, we're doing the December financials. It must be January. So, we, yeah, we probably spend a few minutes talking about winter driving and all that. Yeah, last last night was was great, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. All right. Well, before we get to all that stuff, I do just want to remind everybody: HollandAssetsLLC.com is where you can go check out uh, show notes for this and other episodes. And also, I want to mention that uh, last episode, episode thirty-four, in which we I think it was titled "Good News, Bad News" or something like that. Um, it is immensely important i've been thinking about that episode all week long and uh, i i really hope that people take the time to go listen to it and uh, you were telling me that it's going to be important for today's discussion right it, it'll just give a little bit of context yeah it was episode 33 good news bad news so two two episodes ago um it, it, it's not a hundred percent necessary but you'll better understand why the december financials are the way they are if you listen to that episode right okay well so, Chris, let's start off. Before we get to the December financials, just tell me a little bit about what your experience has been. As far as I know, this is your first like real winter driving conditions. You had to chain up and all that stuff. How's it going out there? Yeah, it, it's going pretty well. So, yeah, yesterday was definitely the uh, biggest new crazy experience as far as uh, just full-blown winter driving. Um, I've, I've had to drive, you know, through the snow some, I had to drive down highway six in Utah, which is a pretty big Canyon in a, you know, in a snowstorm that the road wasn't too snow packed when that happened. I just kind of hit the beginning of the storm. So it wasn't too bad, but, uh, I, I've also had to do some other things like, so before we get into what happened last night, which was really the craziness, um, a, a week or so ago, I was driving back from, um, Columbus, Georgia on a load that it was also, it was going up into Washington and I got to about Missouri and I was kind of planning ahead, looking at what the weather was looking like. And it, it was really bad. You could tell I 80 was going to get hit pretty hard. So in Missouri, I kind of made the decision in the Kansas city area. I decided, you know what, I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to do 80. I'm going to do 70, which I'd never driven 70 in a truck before. And, uh, so I, I I decided to do that, and I, I ended up sleeping just west of Denver overnight at a um, actually at a uh, way station, and got going the next morning, and everything was good. and And I was talking to Jake early that morning, you know, probably nine or nine o'clock in the morning. And by that point, I had driven. I was in I, just getting ready to go on that Highway Six in Price, Utah, back into kind of the the Salt Lake Valley and nightmare highway shut, right there. Yeah, it is a nightmare highway. It's, it, you know, they say it's one of the most dangerous highways in the country, 
But anyway, uh, Jake and I were talking at that point, and and in I eighty had in fact got shut down. So it was a and it, and it ended up being shut down for almost twenty four hours, eighteen twenty four hours, something like that. So it was a really good decision to do seventy instead of eighty. But man, seventy in a truck, I that that's a horrible drive, mm-hmm. even even in um, decent driving conditions. Yeah, why is that? Mostly just the the climb and it's windy. You know, coming out of Denver. You go from you know Denver's five thousand ish feet in elevation to eleven over eleven thousand feet in elevation. You know right when he hit the Eisenhower Tunnel, in really not that far of a distance. I don't know what it is forty fifty miles, and it's just it's a it's a nasty climb in a truck when you're fully loaded. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But coming yeah. down can be even worse. That's uh, that's yeah the most horrific accident I ever saw was. Uh, uh, so some uh, truck coming down on highway six and hit a car coming up and it was it was pretty bad yeah it, it, it gets nasty that uh, you know highway six is bad and then that coming down the uh, west side of of the continental divide on 70 is just super windy and you just have to take it slow so it's not not any route i'd want to do normally if i can avoid it i 80s as bad as 80 is, is, is better unless, you know, obviously it's shut down and snow packed and it can get bad too. Sometimes you just have to avoid 80. Yep. All right. Well, so tell me about what happened yesterday then. Why was yesterday the even worse than, than that? Um, yesterday. So I, I, I finished drill this last weekend and Sunday night. Drill I, for Jacob, uh, National for Guard? For the Guard, National okay. Guard. Yeah. And, um, so I, I get done there at like six o'clock in the evening or well, no, it was probably more like five. And Jake had booked me a load for Monday that was coming out of Jerome, Idaho. Well, Jerome's about not, not quite a three hour, about a three hour drive from my house. And I was looking at the weather, looking at everything. And I, I would have cut it really close to be able to make the delivery on that load. So I had to deadhead to Jerome, Idaho. So I ended up doing leaving Sunday night at like nine o'clock at night, got to Jerome at midnight and was able to do a 10 hour break. So I had a fresh set of clocks the next morning to drive. It's, it's only 530 miles from Jerome to where I was dropping off. So not, you know, I normally under normal conditions, I could probably do that in about eight hours. Um, anyway, I, I start the drive and everything's really good until I get to La Grande, Oregon on 84. And it, uh, there's a mandatory chain advisory um, in effect, so I, I have to chain up, and I've never chained up before. So this was going to be a um, fun experience. A, a rookie chaining. A rookie chaining, yeah. <laughs> so it, you know, it ended up taking me about twice as long as as probably a, a person that knows what they're doing does, but uh, I was able to get the chains on all tight, everything good to go, and I was surprised. I get up to the first chaining area and there's, you know, there's probably 10 trucks there chaining, but there's a ton of guys just blowing by, not chaining up. And I, and I probably, to be honest with you, ended up chaining maybe five miles sooner than I really needed to. But I get chained up and I start driving off and, uh, you know, just plugging away at 25, 30 miles an hour, all the way from about Legrand to Pendleton. Oh. And that's, uh, that's where the, uh, the chain, the mandatory chaining requirement was lifted and you could just drive. But the, the roads were, were bad that whole entire stretch all the way really through the Columbia river gorge until about, um, hood river 
where it uh, you know kind of ch- changed more changed more to rain and and not so much snow and ice on the roads and so it was it was slow going it took me uh, a little over seven hours to drive from that where I chained up until I got to just outside of Portland. What seven hours? I mean that should be what an hour and a half, two hours maybe. Oh, a little, little longer than that probably probably three three and a half so oh, it probably yeah. took me about twice as long as it should have wow okay well yeah that does you for, sound you forget miserable. craig these trucks don't drive super fast <laughs> you mean you, you mean my mazda darts through traffic the way they don't uh yeah you uh you can probably go down cabbage hill that uh, that drop from uh um down into pendleton a little bit faster than i can in my truck <laughs> all right well i mean it's not that you can't go that fast it's just that uh, it's better if you don't yeah, it wouldn't be. It probably wouldn't be pretty if, if I were to try to do that. <laughs> well, but cha- chaining was definitely fun. That's something I've always, you know, you've always heard about and uh, never had to do it before. Obviously, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty new at this, but I uh, got my first experience at it, and now I can check that off the 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 box. But I'll tell you what, it's it's a lot messier job than I would have thought. Oh yeah, how so? Just a lot of elbow grease going in there. A lot, you know, elbow grease. So you're, you know, you're out there working. You're right on the side of the road. It's wet and nasty. Um, I, I've got a pair of coveralls, and so I threw my coveralls on. You know, one to keep me warm, two to to try to not be not be super dirty. And you know, gloves on, just moving the chains, laying them on the ground. You know, I, I I'm I'm not one that usually likes to to kneel down or crawl under a truck on a on a roadside, but you know, have to do that a little bit getting getting kind of dirty that way um well i'm glad you I, took one I, for the team chris I, I i took one for the team and i i didn't i didn't really realize how dirty it was until you know this is all happening at night it's dark and the next morning uh, you know after i get to to where i'm going and it's light and the next morning um the, there's like mud fingerprints and streaks all over the inside of the cab and uh it's gonna take a little bit of cleaning to to get me back where I need to be. <laughs> well, it sounds like it turned out okay in the end, I suppose. You got the load delivered, I guess. I did. Yeah, loads delivered. Everything's good to go. In fact, I'm I'm sitting at the receiver right now, all all unloaded. I've got to um sit for a little bit longer before I can go. Oh, well. Well, we'll take advantage of that time, I suppose, to uh, talk about the December financials and how things finally shook out. So as people may recall in, I guess it was episode 33, I misspoke earlier, I thought it was 34, but in episode 33, we, we talked about how you had had to do an, essentially an engine rebuild, right? You had to go through that entire process, get everything rebuilt. You were off the road for three full weeks in the, the best and busiest time of the year for, uh, for a trucker. And now you're back on the road so you got some December in there. How did it end up turning out? Yeah, I, I got some December in. So the breakdown happened near the end of November, and I, I picked up my first load finally on the 17th of December. So, you know, the 1st through the 17th of December, absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, it's 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 the time of the year that you want to be running super hard, so it was hard to sit around. But, you know, in the end, things could have been a lot worse. It... Uh, it ended up not being horrible in that I was able to make enough money to pay all the bills. You know, obviously because of the the warranty, I didn't have 
any repair bills on the truck that month. So that was good. I ended up running um, about 4,600 miles, 4,657 miles, which is um, not quite half of what I would in a normal month, um, but not, not too far off from half. There, but there were a couple of good things with the month. You know, one, I didn't have very many deadhead miles, only 226, which is, is pretty low, you know, even for the low number of total miles that I ended up running. Um, $9,600 in revenue, and, and that put me at a, a my best rate per mile, I think, ever at, at 206. Wow. So um, with, is, is that rate per mile attributable to the, the holiday season and the fact that your yeah. rates are just better then? Yeah, r- rates are always pretty good in November, December. So that that's really the big, the big thing is that, and just also that limit of the deadhead miles. It was it was pretty small, so that that always helps your all in total too. Yeah, very nice. So how long did you actually get to go out on the road? Then you said you started on the seventeenth, and did you drive on Christmas? Did you drive on New Year's Eve? No, I I started on the seventeenth, and I took a load, and then came back, and I actually got home the twenty third. Um, delivered a load the 23rd. So I had the 24th, 25th off, and then uh, got right back on the road, picked up another load on the 26th and was gone the rest of the month. Okay. Got home. I actually got home New Year's Day. And uh, I, on that load that was taking me from Columbus, Georgia to um, Washington. So I got to spend, a, a, I think it was probably 18 hours or so at home. Not Not a full 34, but more than a 10 hour break. Yeah. So how did your wife like having you around for three weeks? Was uh, December successful in that way at least? Um, yeah, that that's the silver lining. She, it was good. It was good for her. She enjoyed having me home a little bit more, helping around the house and with the kids. And you know, it's it it it's definitely good to be home with the with the family. Yeah, for sure. So you said that the uh, the revenue for that month was ninety six hundred. Definitely lower than uh, on a month when you're running. You know, your your full days. But uh, the revenue is only part of the picture. How did the profit or loss go with that number? So the the profit ended up being pretty good because, you know, again, the expenses are, are low um, because the truck wasn't running. Um, we ended up having actually what turns out to be a pretty decent, you know, not quite average net income, but a pretty decent net income considering you're only running for half the month. So it, the net income ended up being one thousand eight hundred thirty nine dollars and sixty eight cents. So just just shy of two grand. But the thing that you have to keep in mind here too is my driver pay was significantly less than normal, and that's really you know for an owner operator the thing that's going to bite you the most because you know even running slow we were able to cover the you know your main fixed expenses your insurance payment the truck payment and the trailer payment we're able to cover all of that but the driver pays what really hurts because I only ended up making just shy of two thousand dollars in December which you know definitely less than half of what I would normally earn as a driver and so that's where for most owner operators it's really going to hurt is you know when you're sitting like that you're you're not earning your driver wage and you know that that should be what pays your mortgage and or your rent and that's, you know, that's any other personal expenses that you've got that's really interesting because uh, we've used the phrase owner operator a million times and now it's finally starting to click that uh, all these numbers are kind of split between those two things so as an owner it wasn't a terrible month things are fine but as an operator you know the the actual take-home pay that you're talking about it was a lot lower than you uh, would be counting on in a normal month right 
Yeah, absolutely. And if, if there are people listening to this episode that haven't listened to the episode 33, where we kind of talk about, you know, what are some things you can do to kind of help um, with that driver wage that you, you end up losing, um, go ahead and listen to that uh, that episode. And we, we talk a little bit about that because that, uh, that's definitely important. You got to keep the, the family fed and roof over their heads and um, as a driver, you can't do that if you're not driving. Yep, absolutely. Well, so at, like you said, could have been a lot worse. It sounds like the month was, uh, uh, you know, not a total bust, but disappointing from a, uh, an operator perspective, from the driver's pay perspective. But uh, yeah, could have been worse. So Chris, how did, do we, do we want to talk about the year in general for just a moment and how 2019 went for you? Sure. I, I think we're going to, I plan on having an episode at the 12 month mark that I think gives a, a really better picture of, you know, what a year is like in operations. But, you know, overall 2019, you know, we, we've made some money. If you look at the balance sheet, the, the second to last line is net income. And that is what our net income total is for the year. So it's, it's $5,000. It's in the black, which most companies, when they start out their first year, they actually end up losing money. Well, we've, we've made a profit and that's taking into account, you know, a lot of the, the startup expenses, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens early on that kind of, you, you dig yourself on a little bit of a hole and then you spend the next year trying to, you know, pull yourself out of it. And for a lot of companies, it's the next year or two years, sometimes three or four years is what it takes to dig out of that, that initial hole. We've, we've essentially that net income line shows that we've gotten out of it, made a, a little bit of a profit. With that being said, I think we could have also done better. You have to take into account, you know, I had to take two weeks off because of um, my military training. Um, I had to, we took the three weeks off because of the truck being down three weeks during the most profitable time of the year. And another thing that I'm starting to see more and more is, is my monthly drill, drill schedule is actually a little bit more of a pain in the butt than, than I would like, because there, I have at least once a month, this hard set weekend that, that no matter what I have to, to go. And a lot of times that's working out into where, you know, I, I finish up a, a run and a load and I get home like the week before I have to be back for drill. So that means I just, all I can do is take a, a little short kind of guaranteed run that usually isn't going to pay quite as much. That's going to get me out and make sure that I'm back in time for my weekend military training. So you, I think you take all those things into account and it actually turns out to be a, a pretty decent start of the year. Could things have been better? Yes. Could things have been worse? For sure. You know, but, uh, you know, we, we made it work and, and kind of like I said at the beginning of uh, this podcast, that first year to a great extent, you're just kind of in survival mode. You're trying to you know, get your systems in place, get things working, get things figured out, establishing a little bit of credibility within the industry. And then after that first year is, is when you should be able to really start kind of growing and taking off. And that's that's really what we're going to be looking forward to in 2020, especially the latter half of 2020. That's when we really should be able to start to blossom. Sounds great. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot to get to this year. Uh, I know that you have some pretty grand plans for Holland Assets. And so I hope people will stick with us uh, make sure that they are subscribed to the podcast and let your your colleagues and your friends and everybody else know about the podcast. Those uh, those shares are the best vote of confidence that we can get. So uh, let other people know about this, and we appreciate it, right, Chris? Absolutely. Yep. The the shares and the likes and 
Um, you know, your comments, I, I love reading the comments on whether it's a review on iTunes or Google Play or just on the website. L- love hearing about that. Love it when people a- ask questions. I'm getting more and more people that are actually kind of reaching out on to me through email. Um, I, I'm, I'm a busy guy, but I do my best to respond to every comment, to every email. And uh, so you, you shoot me that stuff uh I'll do what I can to get back with you as, as, you know, one day if we start getting thousands of people sending me emails every month, that might, that might get kind of hard to do. But for now, <laughs> I'm, I'm for the most part able to keep up with it and happy to do it. And um, I, I'm, I just, we appreciate all the, the, the likes and comments we get and keep them coming. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people can reach out to me too, as long as they don't want a real answer that means anything. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. Uh, you just got back from C- CES, so maybe maybe they've got some techie questions. That's they right. Could... It's some about home electronics. I'll answer that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris. Well, I will. I will see you next week then, and uh, hope to see all of our or talk to all of our listeners as well. Okay. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks, Craig. I, I have some coveralls, so I threw coveralls on. So I was, I was willing to probably, you know, like I'd kneel down on the ground, which I <laughs> usually try not to do. But uh, there's a, I, I want a quote board, you know, like on the website or something, because I had to kneel down on the ground. That's not something I usually do, is probably the white collarist thing you've ever said on this blue collar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should.